Your finances will leave a long-lasting impact on your family. After all, you only retire once. If you're looking to discuss all things pertaining to your retirement, you've come to the right place. This is Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. This is Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. I'm Mark Haywood alongside Michael Stewart, the founder of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial with an office in Crystal Lake, Illinois. You can find him online by going to crystallaketax.com. That's the website, crystallaketax.com. Or you can reach out and call the number. It's 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. Michael, you've got your MBA in finance. You're a registered financial consultant. You've co-authored a book, Purpose-Based Investing, Nine Lessons to Rescue Your Retirement from Wall Street. That's available on Amazon. And you've also got about two decades of experience as a financial planner. And so, as always, excited to have you on the podcast. And Hope we can educate some folks out there today. Always enjoy your time together. Let's dive right into the news. As always, there's always news, right? And just see what's going on. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, we do always like to unpack the headlines, see what's going on in the world around us. These days, as I said, there is no stop to that news cycle. Michael, construction spending has fallen for the past three months. How much should we be paying attention to economic indicators like that? There's several economic indicators that advisors, not necessarily clients, but your advisors should be paying attention to. And on their own, they may mean nothing. But taken as a group, they could kind of be that flashing yellow light or that canary in the coal mine that either foretells that it's blue skies ahead or maybe rough seas ahead. And the best time to prepare for the storm is before it hits, you know, not after the fact when the damage is done. So here's a few of those economic indicators. So you'd mentioned, you know, the article on construction spending. Well, what that is, is that's a sign of both businesses and consumers' willingness to spend on a go-forward basis. You know, if they get to spend money on construction, then they're optimistic about the future. If construction spending declines, then that means there's a little hesitancy to put that capital to work, either as a consumer buying a house or as a business, you know, possibly going out and building another building or so. So construction spending, if it's been weakening, you know, that's kind of a warning sign. Another thing is small caps, so small companies compared to large companies. When the market's going straight up and the economy's healthy, these small and mid-sized companies tend to outperform the market. But when things go the other way and the economy starts softening a little bit, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going in a recession, but when things start softening a little bit, they tend to underperform. And that's also been a recent event over the last six months. You can also take a look at things like transports. That's your rail, your air, your cargo, your shipping. Why is that important? you start taking a look at, because what do these companies do? They got to move things all across the country. You know, once again, rail, cargo, ships, air, what have you. And they have to secure that three to nine months ahead of time. So if you start looking at earnings reports and you start getting calls from some of these transports, the large transport companies, both internationally and domestically, and all of a sudden their forecasts going out six, nine months are a little bit weaker than they are today. That means that a lot of manufacturers and a lot of other businesses aren't requiring their services as much on a go forward basis. Once again, by itself may mean nothing, but in concert with some of these other things, it's a concern. And another thing is like the yield curve. So the yield curve basically means that interest rates, short-term interest rates should be lower than longer-term interest rates. So if you borrow money at the bank for two years, you expect to pay a lower rate than if you borrowed it, say on a mortgage to go out you know, 10 or 30 years. And right now, as of this recording, the yield curve is essentially flat. 
I think as of today on February 11th, when we're actually recording this, you're looking at two-year rates within about 0.1 to 0.15 difference from 10-year interest rates. So there's very little wiggle room between what two-year government bonds are paying and 10-year government bonds are paying. Why is that important? Because if short-term rates keep going up and long-term rates stay flat to go down, then you have what you call an inverted yield curve. And what that means is that there's higher rates on short-term obligations than there are long-term. So who is going to lend in that environment when you could have your money just sitting in cash in the bank earning higher interest than the bank can profit by loaning it out? Why that's a concern is that that's usually the credit market saying, we don't believe this economic recovery, this economic story. Otherwise, long-term rates would go up. So going back to that construction spending, take a look at construction spending, take a look at small caps, take a look at transports, take a look at the yield curve. Individually may not mean anything. You start tying these loose ends together and all of a sudden it's starting to show that we've got a weakening economy going forward. So once again, when do you prepare for the storm? You prepare for the storm before it hits, not after the fact. Well, thanks as always, Michael, for diving into the headlines out there. Let's take a question now from the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, we got a question this week from Diane in Lakewood. Thanks for writing in, Diane. And by the way, if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, all you have to do is go online to crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Submit your question, and who knows? You, too, could be right here. We could be talking about you. If that makes you nervous, don't worry. We can change your name if you'd prefer. But we do love to hear from you, and we love to see what content you provide us on the show, and we love to be able to help. Diane in Lakewood. Diane says, I recently got a very large cash settlement from an auto accident I was involved in, and this will make a big difference in my life because I'm 57 and don't have much saved for retirement. The problem is that because I've done such little investing over the years, I really have no idea where to start. What's the first step? Yeah, well, first and foremost, Diane, wish you a speedy and full recovery and hopefully no longer term effects you know, associated with the, with the accident. But the way that I would look at it is no different than receiving an inheritance. In this case, it was a cash settlement from the accident. Consider it a second chance to kind of get your financial house in order and set yourself up on a go forward basis in a manner that is going to give you financial security. And how do you do that? It's not about giving you investment ideas or things of that nature or, you know, go throw it in real estate or what have you. It's really about sitting down, build a plan so that you have an opportunity that doesn't go to waste. So once again, it's your second chance to do something right. Because what you don't want to look back is in three, five, ten years on what could have been. So take this opportunity for this large cash settlement to say, sit down with an advisor, somebody that's a fiduciary who has your best interests, you know, isn't sitting out there on commission and sits down with you and then can evaluate, here's where you are, here's the resources in this example, the cash settlement, and then what do you need it to do for you, not only in the near term, but how to position yourself for the long term so that you can retire possibly when you want to, how you coordinate that with everything else that's going on in your plan. You know, typically that's how our process is. We sit down, we meet, we find out where you are, what resources that you have. If there's a good fit, both personality and investment philosophy, then what we do is we decide how to put that plan together going forward. So then that way you have financial security and also peace of mind because you actually have a roadmap on what you need to do next and when you need to do it. 
Well, thanks for writing in, Diane. We appreciate it. And we do. We wish you a speedy recovery along the way. And we wish you the best with those investment decisions you're making. And as always, if you'd like more specific advice, call into the team. We gave that number out at the beginning. I'll give it out again at the end of the podcast. Come in for a visit with Michael Stewart. Sit down and talk more in depth about your situation. Well, Michael, I want to dive in today to some DIY retirement plannings. Doing it yourself, of course. Specifically, we want to talk about when the DIY approach to retirement planning works and when it doesn't. Maybe think of it like a HGTV, HDTV, you see them flipping houses. And of course you think, man, I ought to do that. And maybe you should, if you're handy with a, a wrench and a hammer and nails, but if you're not, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. And I think the same can be said of your retirement planning. <laughs> Michael, when you come across somebody who doesn't have a financial advisor, what do you find are their reasons for taking a DIY approach? Typically, there's two different reasons, and usually the latter one is the more pronounced. The first one is maybe they've been burned in the past. You know, they worked with a broker several years back, be it 20 years ago or two years ago. Things didn't go as planned, either from a service or an investment perspective. And they said, you know what, I'm just going to take the reins back and do it myself. You know, and that's a little bit more rare, but it has happened. The more common approach is that, you know what, when they were in their 30s or 40s, even early 50s, they were comfortable just when it was heads down. You know, I'm going to go put my money in these index funds or these mutual funds. and I'm going to keep my head down, keep throwing some money in there and just let it accumulate over time. You know, whether that's their 401k or if they're just playing with stocks, whatever it happened to be. But now that they're nearing or in retirement, this money all of a sudden becomes real for them and they can't afford to lose it. And there's no easy button. There's no reset button in retirement. So now all of a sudden they or their spouse or a combination of the two are starting to look at whatever that pot is that they've amassed of you know, retirement funds and say, holy cow, this has to last us for the next 30 years. I'm not sure if I'm as comfortable on a go forward basis of managing this compared to you know, what I did in the past when I still had 10, 20 years to accumulate. And that's where I'd love for you to head next is what are some of those triggers that cause people to come in and meet with an advisor? The biggest thing is that the purpose of the money itself has changed. You know, what once was accumulation is now distribution in protecting what they have. They either can't afford to lose it or now in many cases for our clients, you know, we focus on the distribution phase. We're nearing retirement or in retirement and we need sustainable, predictable income stream to supplement our retirement income. And they don't know how to get that from their IRAs and 401ks. And when they go back to their old brokers or if they were doing it themselves, then they say, hey, just put money in the market and hope it goes up. Well, that's not really a great plan because you could also lose it at the very point in life that you can't afford to. And the analogy I give clients a lot is, you know, think of an offensive and a defensive coordinator. You know, so if you think about football, you know, someone's either the offensive coordinator, and their goal is to kind of rack up the points and score. And then there's a defensive coordinator whose goal is to mitigate the damage to minimize all the bad things that could happen to give their team the best chance to win. So I kind of see our practices, you know, we're the defensive coordinator. We're the one that says, this is what we have. We got to toe the line. We got to hold tight because we got to generate income we can't outlive. We got to make sure it's predictable so your bills get paid on a regular basis. And we can't be subject to the whims of the market on any given day going up, down, sideways. Doesn't mean we don't have market exposure. It just means that we're going to only take the amount of risk necessary to accomplish what we need. And if you typically look out, you know, most brokers or even do-it-yourself investors are out there and they're the offensive coordinators. They're like, let's hit a home run. Let's try to get 20%. Let's try to get 15% without any concern over what the potential downside is. 
And that's why as you're nearing retirement or in retirement, you really need to kind of pull it back a little bit and say, okay, what I really need is a defensive coordinator who's going to have my best interest in mind so that I can win this game in the long run, not you know just hit a home run in any one given year to give it all back three months later. So explain then, you know, Put yourself in the shoes of the Brent Venables type. If you don't know who that is, you really should have seen the last national championship. The man is getting paid a lot of money to do just that, pointing out some of the different elements of the game. But put yourself in that coordinator position. Give us an example of a time that you met with someone who maybe had been a do-it-yourselfer, but maybe you were able to point out some of the uh, cracks there in their arguments or their strategies. All right, I'm going to answer that question, but as an Alabama fan, that was very painful. So I see where you're going with that. Right, so Got to rip the ACC, of course. Absolutely. Excellent defensive coordinator, by the way. To answer that question, a specific example actually would be one in the last four and five months that we've been dealing with. So I met with a client that had about $2 million in overall assets. They'd done very well for themselves. And then our conversation was one really about not risk tolerance, but risk capacity. You know, so risk tolerance is how comfortable you are with risk. You know, like, oh, I get the markets go up and down. Risk capacity is can you afford to take this amount of risk given the stage in life that you're in right now? So they're two completely separate things. Most people focus on risk tolerance, but risk capacity is far more important. So in September, I had met with a couple that had a couple million dollars in assets. They were 95% in stock funds. They only need about $80,000 a year, which sounds like a lot, but that's really only about 4% off of these investments. I told them, I said, you won the game. Why are you taking this much risk? You've won the game. Now, really, the goal is don't screw it up. And they said, no, we're smarter than you. We got it. We're comfortable in the market. Our risk tolerance is good. So if you think about in 2018, after September, we rolled through October, and we had a little bit of a blip in the general markets that they declined about 10% on average in October. And then, you know, they kind of rallied back a little bit in November and December, basically sank almost an additional 10%, you know, depending on which indexes you're looking at. But say in general, there was about a 20%, almost 20% swing across there. So in their specific portfolios, their 2 million got drawn down to about a million seven, all in about 90 days. So for 2018, it took 10 months for the market to rise, and it took basically less than 90 days for them to give that significant amount more up. They lost the equivalent of nearly three years of income in 90 days. So when we talk about risk tolerance, that you understand how much risk you're taking versus the risk capacity, can you afford to take that? That is where you say, you know what? The upside is not worth the potential downside. So take the amount of risk you need, no more, no less. So currently what we've done is after, you know, we rolled into the new year, we're working on an income plan that's going to pay them about five to 6% off their investments, primarily from interest and dividends like clockwork, regardless of the markets going up or down with about 80% less risk. So it's not about us trying to hit a home run. It's not about us trying to get 15 and 20% returns. It's about saying we've done a great job savings, amassing to where we need to be right now. Now let us come in as that defensive coordinator and say, okay, let's protect it for you. Let's make sure there's a legacy you're going to leave that not only over the next 30 years, you're going to be able to have all the income that you need until both of you take your last breath. But we're going to have a legacy to pass on and you're never going to lose sleep at night about worrying about if you're going to run out of money because of whatever the markets are doing. 
Yes, we certainly want to give you peace of mind, do everything we can to give you peace of mind in retirement. That's why it's so important to have that comprehensive plan in place. Michael, what does it look like for somebody to get one of those in place? And uh, where do you typically come in as that coordinator, as that coach? Yeah, basically what we do is we just begin with a conversation. You know, we mention it every couple of weeks on the podcast. We talk about it at some of the educational events that we do which is really, let's just have a conversation. Let's find out where you are, what you're trying to do, what you have available to tackle those. If you're on track, we're going to tell you you won the game and just keep plugging along doing what you're doing. You'll be in great shape. Now, if we can add value to what you're doing, then we'll let you know that, and then we'll start working on building a plan to give you the financial security that you deserve. Well, if you'd like to come in and have a talk, have a chat with Michael Stewart and the team there at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, all you have to do right now is pick up the phone and dial 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. You can leave a message and just say, hey, I'd like to come in for a conversation. And that's really all it is, just to getting to know you conversation. Take the chance to have some of your questions answered, especially as you've been listening to the podcast today, as things might have popped into your head. Sit down with Michael, get answers to your questions. Just call 815-526-3092. Michael, as always, we thank you for joining us on the podcast. I look forward to it again in the future. Yes, we certainly will look forward to it as well. Remember that Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a one-stop shop with a CPA and enrolled agent. Paralegal all on staff. They can help you when it comes to all things financial and any retirement matters. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof.